0: This week, we're finally addressing the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd. Mona and I spent a lot of time preparing for this episode, and we hope it resonates with all of you.
1: Welcome to the Imperfect Millennials, a weekly podcast for millennials by two millennial sisters where we tackle work, health, relationships, and spirituality. The goal of each episode is to give you at least one nugget that will make your life a little better this week. After you listen, keep the conversation going over on Instagram where you can find us at the Imperfect Millennials. And if you liked this episode, please consider sharing it with friends or leaving a review. Now let's get started. So we took some time to actually craft this episode
0: because we didn't want to just jump in without thought and intention. Mm-hmm. Um, so rather than recording an episode immediately after the death of George Floyd, we decided to take our time and to really think, talk, and educate ourselves on the topics of race relations, anti-racism, white privilege, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so this episode is really the fruits of those kind of times of education and conversations that we've had together. Okay. Yeah. As well as with family and friends. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I think, you know, Katie and I actually had two kind of different perspectives on the events that happened in relation to sort of the riots and all the media and everything that followed the murder of George Floyd. And so I think, you know, and then all these other subsequent, you know, Brianna Taylor and everything else that came out. And so We did. We wanted to be very intentional with the content that we put out there and not just throw something out there so that it just looks like we cared. Like we genuinely care and wanted meaningful content. And
0: I think it's funny, too, because we have tried to record this podcast now three different times. Yes. And every time it didn't work. And so I I kept thinking, like, maybe we just needed more time to, like, think this over and, -hmm. like, really mullet it. Mull over? Mull over.
1: What? Whatever.
0: Not a mull over. Um, to really think about it before we just jumped in mm-hmm. and said something.
1: Um, yeah. And so we have been spending a lot of time, sort of, I think. Well, there actually was also a period of time where I needed a break from everything because the social media and everyone was just, I was like, I'm not ready to talk about it. I want to be really intentional. I don't want to put out something that's just an emotional yeah. podcast. I want it to be very logical, I want it to be very thoughtful. But social media at that time felt so overwhelming that I, I took a step back. I was like, I need to not be on Instagram for a while.
0: And what I think, I mean, as a social media influencer, right, like I didn't take the same kind of break that Mona did. But I was very intentional in what I put out on my, on my blog account, mm-hmm. right, um, and really spent a lot of time. But it was for me really overwhelming Two. Yeah. Um. And so I did spend a couple of days where I literally was like, I cannot be on here right now mm-hmm. because I am, yeah, just overwhelmed, heart heavy. And I think I, mean, I think it's good that our hearts yeah. are heavy about this because it means that we're thinking about them. But one of the things that I like I've been seeing, and I think we want to be careful about, is like calling people out for not posting or not reacting in the way that we necessarily think they think that they should right because everybody processes things so so differently and everybody uses their influence in different ways mm-hmm. right and so maybe for one of us it's posting something super meaningful on instagram but maybe for another it's actually not posting anything but donating money mm-hmm. to a charity volunteering their time yeah. maybe it's having really hard conversations with people in their lives and you're not seeing that on social media, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean these
1: people aren't right. Well, we need to be careful. There's this false narrative out there that social media is real life Mm -hmm. and it, it isn't right. It, it is not the entirety of someone's life and it does not portray everything in that person's life. And so actually that was one of the reasons I was so angry by all of the virtual virtue signaling that was happening and the shame that people were throwing on one another, you know, because who are you to say what I have or have not done in my life? And how do you know? And you, you, and also like I don't need to put it on social media for it to be true or valid. And I do think too, there's something to be said too for the difference between
0: like an influencer, right? Like Mm -hmm. someone like me who has, you know, thousands upon thousands, literally over a hundred thousand people who follow my account. And so therefore I am held to a different level of responsibility perhaps than somebody who has, you know, 300 people and she knows them all by name pretty much or whatever. And so thinking like I, I use my platform as a way to educate and a way to inform and a way to, you know, that kind of thing. But other people use it as a way to share the meal that they ate, and that, you know, by not posting something about Black Lives Matter doesn't mean that they aren't caring about this, these kind of things. Mm -hmm. It means they're just processing differently.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I mean, I have so many thoughts on this in regards to social media and how people, the directions that people chose to take. I also, I'm personally the way I live my own life. Like I try to be very logical and rational about things and I try very hard to not let my emotions dictate my choices because that can be a pretty slippery slope when we do that. And so, um, you know, all of these things that people were posting on social media, all of the um, organizations that they, you know, wanted everyone to donate to, you know, for me, I at least took a step back and I said, but are these good organizations Mm -hmm. that I can get behind and that I will donate to? And how can I impact the the world and the life around me in a meaningful way in light of these events. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it may not look like posting on social media. And it may not look like donating to the organization that everybody says you absolutely have to donate to. You know? Because I also think... I was thinking a lot about this. And racism is real. Like, that's a real thing. And that's mm-hmm. not going to go away. And why is it not going to go away? Because there are horrible people in the world... And it's not going to go away just like murder is not going to go away and just like sexism isn't going to go away because there will always be bad people in the world, unfortunately. That's just the human condition and we're very flawed. But I think the question I had to ask myself was how can I make impact or change in the life around me, in myself, in the home that I live in, in the people around me? Because that's where change happens. Like you, Mm -hmm. There's that quote, I don't know who said it, but, like, you um, grow where you are planted. Like, right. there's this idea that we have to be these, like, huge, like, change like, the federal system and da 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 da, da. But, like, were you kind to that person at the store? Were mm-hmm. you? And that sort of, I guess that was the, the initiative or the, the stuff that I did that I took that I was, like. Well, and I think, I mean, that gets
0: to the idea of, like, being really intentional. Mm-hmm. And this was one of the things that, you know, I had a really hard time with being on Instagram and like being that being the platform where I make my money, et cetera, you know, like, and I, I mean, and I recorded a video about it basically telling, you know, my other fellow white influencers, like you just stop, stop, mm-hmm. like stop, stop being, a, fake. Stop being <laughs> fake, right? Like one of the things that really just like just killed me is right in the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, um, I don't remember what day it was. I think it was like on a Monday. Anyway, everyone decided, okay, we're going to mute all the white influencers and the white people are going to mute their, their content that's supposed to be coming out this week, not post it in order to amplify black voices, right? In order to give them a chance for their posts to be seen in your feed as you're scrolling, etc., right? And so first off, I, great. I think that's a, a great thing. I also didn't really post that week, but all these people got on posted pictures saying that they were muting themselves, right? <laughs> which that is you would muting know, yourself. Which throws the algorithm, because guess what? Your posts are going to be showing up for like a week afterwards well, saying like, muted. Right. And then the very next morning was the Blackout Tuesday, in which all those people who just said, I'm muting myself, then posted a black image, which screwed up the algorithm completely. And if you got on Instagram that day, you probably scrolled through and all you saw were black boxes. There were no black voices being amplified that day. Mm-hmm. It was just black boxes, yeah, which really isn't, I don't know. So to me, like the importance of being really intentional about these things and not just like doing things because you think that's what's expected or because it maybe makes you look good, but instead doing things that are good.
1: Well, and there is that fear of being shamed right, or appearing to be racist or homophobic or sexist, or there's that fear that mm-hmm. someone else is going to perceive what I did or what I did not do. As hate. What, and one of our sisters, actually, someone messaged her on Instagram and said, I can't follow you anymore because you haven't said anything about this. And I was livid. I was like, how dare you mm-hmm. come at me? It wasn't me. It was my sister. But, like, you know. One, well, a- having no and idea you have what no she idea. has or hasn't done about it. And that this. also shuts the conversation down. And so I just, I was so frustrated with all sides of this, because I think also, um, as a therapist, it's really interesting to be experiencing the same thing in a very sad and traumatic way that that your clients are experiencing, that they bring to that conversation, that they, as a person of color, are very anxious or upset right now, or they feel unsafe, and then the next client that walks in the door is a law enforcement officer who has the same feelings of Mm -hmm. my family's being targeted. I don't know if I'll come home tonight. And to put all of my emotions, my feelings, everything aside, because that, like, that's the job for that Mm -hmm. person. It was just such an interesting, it was, for me, it was very, very overwhelming. The whole, and, and also what made me the most sad, I think, is that everyone, at least that I spoke with, everybody agreed that George Floyd was murdered and that those actions were wrong. I mean from that police officer hacked President Trump even said Yeah, that. my God. Like, but that got lost because of how polar how political it really quickly became, how polarizing it became, how freaking Antifa walks in and ruins everything. Well, and I think I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like a a lot of
0: people and organizations started trying to use that to their advantage. I mean, literally the week that we were, you know, muting in order to amplify black voices, there were more ads in my instagram feed for biden than i have ever seen before of course. and so i was like you that's so interesting you took advantage of this week to push your campaign
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like trump did the same thing right like moved rioters out of the way so we could take a picture by a burned down church or like a, a looted church like okay neither side was doing that well they're both trying to take advantage of this instead of I don't know, like really hearing and feeling and and trying to
1: empathize with what people are going through. Right. Regardless of whether or not you believe that racism still exists or whether or not you believe white supremacy, like regardless of your political opinions on it, regardless of where you stand personally, you know... Whatever happened to being able to look at someone and say and to empathize and to say I can understand how you're afraid. Well, and using or, tragedy
0: to push your own agenda. It's, right. It's I mean it's like smarmy. Uh, there's no I don't know. If there's no other word for that. But I think smarmy. too oh, that's sm- good. right. <laughs> I like that. Um, but I think too going back to like our sister right and this person who unfollowed her and t- and called her out for that or like all of these kind of things or even the people who you um have seen in therapy this week and whatnot like. I I think it's really important that we have to remember we don't don't know how other people process emotions Mm -hmm. and process feelings and process these kind of things. So, like, how do you know that this person isn't, like, in a really bad place right now and couldn't post on Instagram? You don't know. Right. How do you know that whatever, even this company, right, like XYZ company who hasn't been, you know, including people of color and black people in their advertising campaigns, how do you know they're not suddenly having this, like, serious... Whatever come, come to, to Jesus, Jesus moment with mm. their whole staff being like, dude, we what did screwed we do? up. Right. We need to be better, and they're trying to figure out how to process that.
1: I don't know. I, I we like- live in a society where everything is acceptable, but nothing is forgivable, yeah. and so we damn people so quickly for what we perceive as a misstep. And I think, mm-hmm. and so um <clears throat> I think, so as Katie and I were processing this and debating out various sides of, of everything that was happening, um, you know, and people screaming, Black Lives Matter, All Lives Matter, Police Lives Matter, like, whoa. Yeah, here's Katie and I came to three conclusions in all of this. And yep. this is what we really wanted to highlight today because I really think that this gets to the crux of it doesn't matter where you fall. Right. Racially, spiritually, politically, it doesn't matter. These three things, I think, are at the crux of this issue.
0: Yeah, and we... As we said earlier, like, Mona and I have different thoughts on this. We have different opinions about certain things, et cetera. But these are three things that we were like, no matter what, we can get behind these Mm -hmm. three ideas. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're very crucial to to all of us being able to move forward in the world today.
1: Yeah. And I do think it was very interesting having this conversation, because Katie and I, if you listen to all the other episodes, we align very closely on a lot of things. Yeah. But politically Katie and I are different. We have different political opinions on, on a lot of things. Um, But, and that, that's sort of the third thing that I want to get to, but that we were still able to, like, I respect you and love you completely and entirely, even if I don't agree with some of your political stances or you don't agree with some of mine that like, that's okay. Because I think in light of all of this, as a society, we have lost the fact We've forgotten that everybody, and I mean everybody, has inherent dignity. Right. And a dignity that
0: nothing can diminish. Nothing. Like it doesn't matter what you've done in your life. It doesn't matter, you know, whatever it is. This is making me think. So this year in in class, as I was teaching the kids, one of the girls raised her hand and said, We were talking about forgiveness and mm, and how do you forgive? It's a hard concept. And it's a really hard concept. And she goes, I'm sorry, I disagree. I don't think, I don't think a rapist or a murderer or something Mm -hmm. like that, I don't think they deserve forgiveness Mm. because they're, they're worth nothing. And I was like, Ooh, see now it's tricky, right? Because obviously the thing that they did is, is evil. Heinous is evil. Period. Is, is absolutely horrendous. However, they're a human being with dignity and worth. And also we don't know a lot of what goes into Mm -hmm. what brought them to that point. Right. Right. Of that thing. And, like, literally, it was very funny because after we'd had this conversation in the class, like, three days later, I was on Netflix. I was watching some kind of, like, you know, serial killer documentary since I love all of those kind of things. And I don't (laughs) even remember which serial killer it was. But they walked through his life Mm. and how he was abandoned by his mother. He was treated like a teddy bear by the person who who kind of, like, fostered him. And literally kept him locked in a room until they wanted to bring him out to show him off and play with him and whatnot. And then put him back. Like, all these horrible things. And then he ended up, oh, and then he ended up murdering his foster gr- grandparents. Right? Why? And you're like, well, no wonder. Yeah. Right? Like, because he still has worth and value and dignity, even though he did this horrific
1: thing. What I find interesting, I mean, this can be, this will be a whole other topic, this idea of forgiveness. Because I often think that people think forgiveness means that I'm okay with what you've done. Right. And then I'll let you back into my life. No, no, no. no I can forgive you. I can love you as a human being, and I also can believe that you will spend the rest of your life in jail for what you have done. Right. And th- and they can coexist. Right. Right? Forgiveness and justice. Well, and I think coincide. Right. And I think
0: in our society, though, we've kind of lost that idea because we think like, oh, this person is horrible, and therefore he's not worthy of my respect, or he's not worthy of dignity. I, I mean, I think we see this a lot even in the political field where like president trump but some people can't call him that because oh he's not my president so he's the orange man or he's yeah. whatever the blondie yeah. or whatnot and like okay great but like he's still a human being right. you might agree or completely disagree you might think he's like the scum of the earth the worst president we've ever had or the best president we've ever right. had it doesn't matter he still has right ultimate inherent yeah. dignity
1: well and to bring this back to george floyd a lot of what i saw were you know as as um News and everything was coming out about George Floyd and his life and people were somehow, I think, trying to justify or minimize the fact that he was murdered because he held a pregnant woman at gunpoint. Because he did five years in jail. That doesn't mean that a police officer gets to kneel on your neck for 10 minutes. Right. And kill you. And and kill you. Right. Right. That means that you serve the time for your crime because we live in a just society. And so, you know... To, that was what was so frustrating to me was that, like, people were then trying to justify or be like, he's not my hero. But, like, okay, he doesn't have to be your hero, but we're losing sight of the fact that this was police brutality, period. Right.
0: Well, and I think, too, on the flip side, right, again, this shows our, our the differences in the even the medias that we consumed, right? That, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> on the flip side, right, George Floyd's murderer whose name I can't even think of, which maybe is a good thing, um, also has dignity and worth. Yeah. And and that, yeah that I think is really hard for us to grapple with, that both George Floyd's life was worth living and the officer who took his life also, life was worth living, and has dignity and has worth. And I think mm-hmm. we we struggle with that as a society because we want to be able to condemn and then say this person is worthless, this person has little value. But ultimately, mm-hmm. that's not true because every human has has value and worth.
1: Right. Yeah. And I and it is really interesting because I, I was watching a debate, or it was more of like a panel discussion, and someone asked all of these panelists who were very um I think it was actually happening in Australia and and all six of them were on very different sides of all the spectrums there were men there were women there were transgender women on the panel and they were all uh, they all did very well in their professions they were prolific people and you know someone had asked them like do you believe in God or if you don't believe in God how can you stand for the dignity of a human person? Interesting. And one of their responses was someone who like was more agnostic. Like, I'm not really sure if there's a God. Mm-hmm. Um, they were like, I believe everybody has inherent dignity because I look at them and I see that they're human. Like I am human and mm-hmm. I know that I have dignity and worth, yeah. and therefore I have to bestow that to other people because why are they any different or better or worse than I? Right. And And it's true. Like, you don't have to believe in God to believe that every person has dignity. You don't right. have to believe, you know, you can just look at them and say, this is a human being. It's that right. it's that golden rule, right. Of sort of do unto others as you would have them do unto you or however it's right. said. Um, and I think as a society, we have very, very much lost that idea.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I love that you say it. like, it's not that it's not that you have to be Christian right, to see the value in each life. Like, yes, the Christ our Christian faith, right. Tells us, right. That we are all creatures of God, right, yeah. and God's children, and therefore, like that, that's part of what gives us the dignity. But like you can see that without even belief in God, right? Even that, like human, be- there's something more about a human being than a dog,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: There, there's something greater here that yeah. has more value, that yeah. has more dignity and more worth than even the very best puppy. Like our parents just got a puppy, and I love him to death, yes. but like <laughs> he's not he's, a dog. he's not worth more than my brother, right? right. Yeah, you know, right, right, right.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and I think that segues into our second point that Katie and I really wanted, that we believed was really important in this, is that we are called to love others.
0: Yeah, and I think even more specifically that, like, ultimately, we are most ourselves when we're loving.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I think, therefore, when we have hate in our hearts, we really aren't being the best version of ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're not really made to hate.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, and even think about it after you like get into a fight with someone or you're around someone that you just really don't like. And like that hate is sort of festering in your heart. Like you're not acting like yourself. You're Mm -hmm. not as authentic as you typically are. You're not, you're not as kind as maybe you, you traditionally are because hate breeds hate. Right. Right. And I think, Um, You know, regardless of where you stand on the movement Black Lives Matter or on, you know, whatever you want to talk about, we're called to love each other. And I think that was part of the frustrating thing for me is that I think people were bringing up very valid political and social points in regards to the race riots Mm -hmm. and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and everything. They were bringing up, in my opinion, very valid points, but there is a time and a place. To have those discussions and to say, you know, in my opinion, Black lives matter all the time. And so we need to have a very serious and honest conversation about the disproportionate number of Planned Parenthoods in Black communities. We need to have a very serious conversation about the fact that there were more Black babies aborted in New York than born alive last year. We need to talk about the disproportionate number of Black-on-Black crime and and that's very, very serious conversations we need to have because black lives matter at all times. Right. And but also you have to be tactful about that conversation yeah, and realize right now, maybe right now is not the time I get in your face and start yelling like black lives matter all the time because you're like, wait a minute, we're talking about police brutality in this yeah. moment. And it's the same
0: with like the idea of like, Okay, well black lives matter, but all lives matter. Okay, yes, yes, true, all lives matter. <laughs> but like right now, this is a moment for the black people in the black community. And it and by them saying very often, like, oh, black lives matter. They're not saying, like, okay, you white lives don't matter. They're not saying, oh, you know, um, right. you know whatever. People who come from China, they don't matter. Their lives don't matter. They're not saying right. police officers, your lives don't matter. That That's not what they're saying. They're saying, right now, we need to focus on this. And I think then jumping in their face and being like, but all lives matter. Well, duh. Because if black lives matter, guess what? All lives have to matter. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like... <laughs> Right? But but loving,
1: yeah. Right. And I think so in order to be right or in order to get the message across or in order to... We forget to love each other. And I just... I continue to think of the Brene Brown video of sympathy versus empathy. Mm. And, you know, she has really... If you haven't seen it, look it up because she illustrates it very beautifully. And I think it really, really helps people see and understand the difference of, you know, sympathy is like, yeah, I get that. But, however... And Mm -hmm. also, and they put that silver lining around your rain cloud to be like, well... It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Or, yeah, this police brutality was horrible. But statistically rare. Like, you know, like, no, 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 no. That's not the point. Whereas empathy is like you climb down there with them and say, you know, and the only thing I could sort of liken it to was when I see on TV a news story of a woman who was attacked and raped and murdered there's that moment for me of like, well, that could have been me. Right. Because I am a part of that group where that is a possibility. Yeah. And it's it's not that I'm going to like live my life in fear or like suddenly stop running outside because that's a possibility. But it is also being able to like recognize that like in that moment, that might be scary for me to look at that and to be like, whoa, that could have been me. And that's, I think, where a lot of people of color were looking at that being like, that could have been me. It could right. have been me or in my that brother, situation. Or my, or my brother. And I think But and that's, empathi- but that's and, empathy. Right. It's to empathize with that of like, I understand how that could be really terrifying for you. And and I'm sorry that like that fear is sort of consuming right now. And that, yeah. you know, to sit there with him. Well, okay, Like I think to empathize is really
0: to accompany someone in suffering mm-hmm. as opposed to try and soothe suffering away Mm -hmm. I guess I think to sympathize is a little bit more like oh but like I get it like it's hard but like you'll get through this but to empathize is like wow like this must really be hard for you Mm
1: -hmm.
0: right like what can I do how can I help how can I be here for you right um in that way and I think you know I so one of the things I was thinking like okay like a lot of this starts in our hearts right like we Mm. need to change we need to first start changing our hearts then change our families that change help change our friends right having more of this love and like thinking of small things so one of the things that I started doing um is well a catching myself when I was having like a negative thought in my head about anybody Mm -hmm. black white otherwise right thinking like okay when I first have that negative thought can I change that narrative right right? when I have that first judgmental thing where I'm like I can't believe she's doing that
1: Mm -hmm.
0: be like okay but whatever, she's having a rough day, but Like, you know, change that right. thought. But the other thing I started doing, which is actually really kind of fun, um, and I thought of it the other day when I was out bike riding, is every person I pass, in my head, I come up with a compliment oh. for that person, yeah. right? Like, and I thought of it the other day as I was biking past this um, little girl who I would guess probably gets bullied based on the way that she looked. Just like Aww. this kind of chubby, roly-poly <laughs> kid, yeah. you know? Um, but she gave me the biggest grin when I biked by and I waved at her and she waved at me. And in that moment I was like, Oh my gosh, like this girl is beautiful. Like she has this beautiful smile and like, and I bet people don't see that because they see her roly poliness, you know, or whatever instead. And so I was like, Oh my gosh, I should start looking for right. Those little pieces in everyone that I pass. And even if it's just technically an outward
1: Mm -hmm. thing,
0: it's helping create, a more loving narrative in my head. Right.
1: Because I think part of it is... Uh, I think in a lot of this, it comes down to identity politics right now. Like, in our society of, like, you are, period, the, the various identities that you hold. But, like, when we do that, when you reduce someone to just an identity that they hold... Right. You strip them from their dignity. Like, I am not just woman period. Right. You know, and when you just label someone as an identity that they hold, it's easier to not be as kind and it's easier to not be. And it highlights the difference. If you Mm -hmm. are man and I am woman, we are different and you've taken away, you know, what makes us human together, what makes us common together. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to sort of start looking at people beyond just what the, the, the appearance that they hold and to see them. And that's sort of like what you, what you did, like that little Mm -hmm. girl, like you look beyond what maybe she just presents or maybe what we assume she looks like or acts or behaves and you see something inherently beautiful about her and like what a world we would live in if that was the case. Right. And I think, you know, it's, it's funny because we're made to
0: love, but Mm -hmm. for some reason, I think often it's easier for us to hate. And, and that's so interesting, right? Because think of like, and we're made to love And we see that very clearly, like we all seek relationships, right? Many people are constantly seeking like their, their romantic relationship, their partner, right? Their life partner, all these kind of things, right? Like we're constantly seeking love, Mm -hmm. we're we're seeking community and togetherness and like that social nature that we have. So it's very clear that we are most ourselves when we're loving. And yet, I don't know, hate is one of those things that just, it's almost easier than to look at another and love them.
1: I have a theory about this. It's easier because it requires less vulnerability from me. Oh, interesting. Right? Mm -hmm. I can hate without exposing anything about myself because it's all about you and it's all about judging. But to love someone, to care for someone, to find commonality with someone requires me to be vulnerable and therefore I put myself in a position Mm. to be hurt and to be rejected. And so it is much easier to say, I don't give a shit what anybody else thinks. That's not true. Of course you do. Yeah. You shouldn't care what everybody thinks, but you care what some people you care about right. what people think, right? And so it's this, it's almost this defense mechanism of like, I don't need other people, or I don't need huh. more friends, or yeah, yeah. it's easier to sort of pick you apart because then it's the focus is not on me at all.
0: Right. Huh. I
1: think that's interesting. I think too
0: that loving someone else is also really hard because we're also setting ourselves up for disappointment, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I think vulnerability is really true, but also disappointment Mm -hmm. in that, whatever. Like, think of a sibling, right? Or, like, a parent who, like, you love unconditionally. Like, they're great. But, like, then they screw up. And they do Mm -hmm. something and you're like, Mm -hmm. dang, that really hurts. Yes. And if I can, like, and then I'm less disappointed if I'm not loving as as much as, you know? So I think we almost, like, guard ourselves, but at the same time are constantly seeking relationships. Like it's just this funny mix, but really, I mean, if you, if we, I mean, each of us individually, right. If we think of times in which we feel most happy, most secure in who we are, right. Like most fulfilled and flourishing as who we are. It's times in which we're, we're loving.
1: Hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I think, and I, I think we lost sight of it and we especially lose sight of it when there is a very um, emotional situation, mm-hmm. the murder of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, right? Ahmaud Avery, like right, there ver- it it incited a lot. The word racism itself incites a very strong emotional reaction from all sides of the party. Right, everyone at that table, right, that word carries a lot of weight, which I think, I think it's I think it's thrown around a little too freely, right? Because hmm. I think. You have to be careful with who, who you label and say what to because words matter and they carry a lot of weight and a lot of meaning to them. And so when you start to do that, when you start to throw words around, you're inciting a very emotional reaction. And when you control someone's emotions, you control them and their actions. It's much yeah. easier. And think about that. Everyone is peacefully protesting. Antifa walks in you couldn't catch on, I'm very anti-Antifa. <laughs> they come in and they ruin it for everybody else. But because it's such an emotional thing, it's very easy to get people who were being very peaceful to now well, yeah. join in on the chaos because it just... Anger incites anger. And, you had, um, and yeah. you've yeah. got very emotion rightfully emotional people yeah, and, and you've, you've just manipulated them. Anybody, and, away, yeah. and the media is so culpable for this that they yeah. just... Play on your emotions, and it, oh, it makes me mad.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I have, I have so many thoughts about the media these days. It like, as a journalist by profession, and all of that. Like, I just this has been anyway some of the craziest times. I think you know
1: what I realized a couple of news stations. I don't watch the news that much because I I really have a very strong issue with a lot of news sources mm-hmm. nowadays. A lot of them sign off their broadcast with like, "Thank you for trusting us." Oh, yeah. Because you've lost our trust. You people are the worst. Well, yeah. Or they're, like,
0: trying to build that back up. Even the one station that I was watching, they always sign off with, like, facts, not fear about the coronavirus. And, like, no. You literally just spent 20 minutes striking fear into the hearts of everyone, giving all the death stats. Right. Isn't that, like, okay, yeah, those are also facts. But, like, the way they're presented is
1: fear-based. Well, I think we also have to, this is, again, being very, I being very critical and intentional with what you're consuming and what's happening. These news sources, these newspapers, these media sites are businesses and they need to make money. Correct. (laughs) And so the more viewers they get, the more, the more, the more money they make. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I I wish that they had pure intentions, but money is a big driver in a lot of, in a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay, so sorry, swinging back to no, our three things, back, we yeah, got distracted. I was on a so, um, so our second one was right, really like loving others, and like that's important, and like us loving. But I think this actually melds um, really well into our third and final kind of main point is the importance of dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I think we could have made that one first, but we ended up making it last because our thinking was if you can recognize the inherent dignity in any person you are in front of Mm -hmm. if you can be working at loving them for who they are right then you can have dialogue but if you don't see their value and you can't work at loving them if all you have is hate dialogue is impossible
1: yeah exactly period and i think that's where and that's sort of what i was saying earlier is that like katie and i have been able to very respectfully dialogue and disagree about this and that's okay and um you know We, But we agree on – I mean, the benefit is that we agree on the fundamental issues of this, Mm -hmm. of everything, of the recent events and everything that's happened. We just disagree, I think, politically or, like, you know, whatever. But I think if you don't dialogue, you're also not growing and learning and you're also not changing the culture, right? Right. You screaming at someone or you just not having that conversation at all because it's too hard or it's scary – you know, where where does that get us? Okay, this is why I love
0: um, the video series that's out now, right, that Emmanuel Acho is doing, The Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Um, Matthew McConaughey was his first guest, but the recent one that just came out is with Chip and Joanna Gaines and their children, mm. okay? And so they're all sitting down. There's Emmanuel Acho, right, the one black man, Chip and Joanna Gaines, and their five children yeah. sitting around, and one of the little girls says to him, and, like, you could tell they had probably hung out before they started filming, right? So you right. could get to know them. and So like, the, so the kids, kids were a little comfortable. The kids seemed very comfortable, except the youngest who kept running around, like, trying to touch everything and move things around, et cetera. Anyway. Um, and so one of the little girls says to him, are you afraid of white people? Mm. And, like, I was, like, whoa, what? And he, like, sat back in his chair and was, like, whoa, that's heavy. But thanks for asking. And like it's very like, and to me, that was like, "Wow, like they can have that dialogue because she yeah. felt comfortable right saying that, and he felt comfortable being able to respond, and I think that's like we have to remember, dialogue is meant for us to learn and understand, not to necessarily change people's opinions. Mm. And when we think that the only way to have conversation is to be screaming at people, to change their opinions that that's not really what dialogue is supposed to do. Yeah.
1: Well, and I remember someone gave me this advice a long time ago cuz I in high school I was like very hot-headed and I loved I still love debating. I love yeah, debating. Yeah. I love arguing. It's very fun for me. I um, hate it. <laughs> I will be... I want to start a podcast that's literally just called Devil's Advocate, where I will just fight the other side. I'll bring in any guest. You can talk about what you want, and I'm going to just fight the other side, whether or not I agree with it. Because I always find you learn so much right. in a debate and in a dialogue. But what someone told me once, which I was like... Uh, it was kind of backfiring on me a lot. And um, what they said was like, you know, you're called to witness, not win. Right. You know, you're called to witness... to to and it doesn't have to be Christian. It's how you live your life. If you want to be a loving, kind person, to have someone else choose love and kindness, you witness, not win that debate. Well, and I think even if the person's, let's say, like, completely polar opposite. Like,
0: let's say for you, Mona, like, it's someone in Antifa. And they're like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. da da Right? Like, yeah, a little white suburban boy. Sorry. Yeah. God bless. <laughs> Whatever. Um, but I think... Being able to have that conversation, like, he's probably not going to change your opinion and no. get you to join Antifa. You're probably <laughs> not going to change his opinion and get him to leave Antifa. Right. But the point is, is you're probably going to have a better understanding of of where he's coming from and what he's thinking. Right. To then be able to go out and have further conversations with others. Yeah. Right? Or to be able to change the way that you talk about certain things so that right. they are more impactful. And that's the beauty right. of dialogue, especially with people disagree with us right
1: well and i've never met someone that i've like disagreed with and got into a fight an argument and a debate are different than a fight in my opinion i've never got into a fight with someone and been like man man the way they screamed that i just yeah i'm i'm on board i'll join yeah ne- right? never it's the people who i was like well, that well they was... really cared about me right like that's how i came around on a lot of different things is that i i was like they weren't trying to recruit me right right they just cared and they went there and they had those hard conversations with me or they you know people have to know that they feel they have to feel love and and they'll hear you more and it's also planting seeds maybe nothing's going to come from that respectful conversation you had with someone tomorrow but a year later something else might change in their life and they might think back to that and be like wait a minute well, and I think that to, person respected me. Yeah. I
0: Especially with, like, the upcoming elections and all this kind of stuff. Like, I, this is literally the time of year that I dread every four years because I feel like Facebook especially, but all various social media platforms, but also all conversations suddenly just become shouting matches. We're like, I don't care about your opinion. You don't give a shit about my opinion. But we're just going to scream at each other. Yeah, And then suddenly we're going to unfollow each other. And then we're going to, and like, okay, but how is that changing anyone right. if all we're doing is yelling? Right. How is that helping spread better awareness or understanding or, or even just healthy dialogue yeah. about so many of these things? Cause I think too, something that like came to mind as we're, as all of this is um coming to light and as we're talking about these things more and I'll, like, it's not part the pun, not really a pun. It's not really that black and white. <laughs> right. Like, no, it's not. What what's behind the racism that exists in our country today? Uh pr- probably a lot of things. Yeah. Right? Like it's yeah. not just one thing. No. Yeah. It's not just like, okay, let's fix the education system. Okay, let's fix the economic system for these people. Let's fix the healthcare system. It's, let's
1: fix housing. Let's let, fix there, right. I mean, there's just so
0: many things. And so and yes, we need to start like making reforms and changes and things like that for various you know, in various ways, but really it starts with dialogue. Mm -hmm. But dialogue because you recognize the dignity of the person you're speaking with and you're loving them, even if they have a different opinion.
1: Right. Yeah, exactly. And
0: I think Mona and I, when we were talking about this, we're talking about the importance of being able to look at another person and say, this opinion you have, or even this thing that you're doing, I don't agree with. Mm-hmm. and I still love you.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: not even I still love you, and I love you. And, yeah, yeah. Like, I love still, you, it's, yeah. I don't agree with this thing you're doing, I don't agree with this life choice you've made, I don't agree with your opinions on yeah. this, but it doesn't change the fact that I love you so, so much. Right.
1: My mom would always say, our mom would always say, um, I remember talking to her about something in, 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 like, a relationship or whatever, and, like, you know, she said something like, I don't love your father in spite of his flaws. Right. I love him because of and through his flaws. Right. right. Like we don't get to pick and choose the attributes that we like about someone, you know, and what we don't like. And you. we're all flawed. Right. We're all and imperfect. we're all, we're all imperfect. And we all deserve respect and love. Right. And for some people, that might be very, very difficult. And the best thing you can do to love them is that like when you go there in that conversation, you say, you know what? I think we need to table this for another time. Right? And, and maybe it's not engaging in that if they're not in that place. But it is about approaching that conversation and that person with love and with dialogue and with charity and with dignity. Well, and I do think dialogue, like, and the
0: reverse happens too, right? So dialoguing with someone who has very different opinions from you, mm-hmm. right, or different beliefs or whatever, but in a calm manner, yeah, right, can also build love,
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: right? Like... You can also, I mean, this has happened with many of my friends where, like, we don't get along on certain things, but we had this conversation. We still don't agree on them, but, like, I actually love her more. Right. Because we're, because I understand where she's coming from, and she understands where I'm coming from, and she can respect my beliefs, and I can respect hers. Absolutely. It's also making me think. I had this conversation several years ago um, with someone who's more like my mom's age, um, and she was telling me about something that her son did that was pretty devastating, like, a pretty, pretty bad life choice yeah. overall. Um, and I don't know how I asked for this <laughs> or how it came about. But anyway, it was something like, do you love him less as a result? Like, as his mother, do you look at him and you're like, oh, like, why did you screw yourself up so badly? Right. right. And she said, you know, I actually thought at first that I would. That I would look oh. at him and I would be like, oh, just so disappointed and like yeah. so devastated with him. And like, maybe like, love him a little less for a while. And she said, but... I realized as I was helping him get through this and and move on and whatever that like, actually I probably loved him more after this than I did before. And I was like, wow, like that's powerful, but that's when we can love someone even with their flaws, not because of them, not despite them. Like we love them and like you're flawed and I'm going to love you even more, Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. but because
0: we can have dialogue because we're working this out. Right. Like Mm -hmm. she probably would have been a lot harder, maybe not love him as much if he just like walked away.
1: Yeah. I think it is very difficult to have a dialogue about something that you are very passionate about. At least for me, like, because I want to, like, someone will say something and I'll be like, oh my gosh, I could literally point out a litany of why you're wrong. You want to talk about this, this, and here's this statistic, and here's this prolific writer who actually totally debunked, you know, and, like, I get, I can get really passionate about it because, yeah, especially with, like, there are, I care. I care deeply about this issue. Right. And there's a lot of misinformation out there, and there's a lot of things that need to change. And yet you still sort of need to reel it in a little bit so that you can have a productive conversation, not a yelling match. Right.
0: And I think, too, I mean, back to like our conversation earlier about media, like Mm. for every 10 things you can read on your side, there's probably 10 things that you can read on the opposite side as well. Right. Which is informing these things, people's opinions and decisions about so many things. So, you know, again, that's why dialogue is important, because then you're not like, well, you're just stupid because you're believing this as opposed to like, oh, you probably actually have some really interesting facts or statistics or or personal stories that you've heard right. that are impacting the way that you think about this right. and vice versa. Yeah.
1: So, Katie, what would, you, what would you say or what would be a takeaway for our um, listeners today? I think... I feel
0: like I tell this to my students every time, every year, but, like... I'm going to get religious for a second, but, like, there's this Pope Francis quote. I like Pope Francis. And it's something along the lines of, like, Every person is willed. Every person is necessary. Every person is loved. And I think that is something to keep in mind when we're talking to everyone. Everyone is necessary and everyone should be loved. And, like, we are responsible for doing that yeah, and providing that to others just as they are to us. And so keeping that in mind in all of these things, I think, is important.
1: I like that quote a lot. Um, Yeah, I mean, I think it would be along the same lines as yours, you know, just that... Meet each person with kindness, right? Like, let's give people the benefit of the doubt that they're doing the best they can with what they have, and that might that that might mean they're still making poor choices or not yeah. or or <laughs> have incorrect opinions. They might not right? have very much right now. They might not have much, but they're doing the best with what they have, right? And so are you. And so I think to meet each person with that compassion, I think is also is just is is paramount. And I would say that in regards to my other piece of advice, in regards to into educating yourself on all these issues and in and, and what you're consuming and, and in the conversations you're having with people I really just think everyone needs to have this mindset of questioning challenging and wondering about everything you know let's not don't just take it because someone said this is what it is okay like, us- it's
0: hilarious I was just about to say wait I want to add a second thing oh what's the importance think? of educating ourselves yes. but like not just taking what your parent told you is a thing you have to believe, or that
1: like headline you read on your. I Snapchat. read a tweet about a yeah. New York article. No, no, go read the New Yorker article, not and even then that. go look at the sources the New Yorker article cited.
0: Exactly, like oh, President Trump said this. Go Did he? read the real thing. Don't just read the tweet because let's be honest, all that shit can be doctored. For sure, you right? can take
1: one thing out of context, and then yeah. it's completely so blown up.
0: Like, to take the time to educate yourself, but to really dig deep and don't just stay at the surface level of reading headlines, reading story excerpts, or getting it from someone else. Yes. Go to the sources. I
1: also, um, like, if I'm going to donate to an organization or if I'm going to get behind a cause, I do the research first. Mm-hmm. Because to put my name behind something or to take an organization and to put it up, you know, being like, this is, you know, the be all end all, like, you've got to know... You got to put your money where your mouth is and know what organization you're backing. And if there's something about that organization that actually you don't support, you know, maybe there's a, there's a shift in, or a reorganization in in what you're doing. And there's a I have a lot of examples of this, but there, that's probably for another time. But just mm-hmm. to question and challenge and wonder about everything, even your own actions, even your own right. biases, even your own why am I why am I so upset about this particular issue, right? wonder about that challenge yourself in that a little bit Mm -hmm. you know why do certain things make you so upset about this why when people say black lives matter do I automatically respond all lives matter what's behind that it might not be a bad thing but let's just let's get a little curious well and this is why this is the reason why I love this uncomfortable conversation
0: with a black man because I think the uncomfortable part is really important it's good for you to be uncomfortable Mm. in even your own thoughts for a while right to be like okay but why do I think this right and like and i this is something that i used to always tell the kids like don't believe it because i tell you it don't believe it because it's like your faith and you got to you you got to ask the uncomfortable questions and figure out why do you believe this thing and you've got to make it your own and you got to make it your, your, your own
1: if you didn't do the research if you didn't right. question challenge and wonder then you're just a passive participant just following along with what you're told to do right
0: and not being intentional right and yeah
1: Amen. wow well and that's Whoa, on that that's everything we had but <laughs> i
0: mean we could talk for hours more but those were our three main things right to recognize the inherent dignity of each person to remember that we are most ourselves when we are loving and the importance of truly having dialogue with others
1: yeah exactly and all in all trust the process
0: and remember we're thriving not just surviving and perfectly yours katie and mona